You're listening to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. Stick around if you too are obsessed with learning things that actually work and believe that success leaves clues. We're all about identifying results-producing roadmaps and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. From part-timer to president, social selling expert Ashley Shaw will help you connect the dots and take the guesswork out of what works to grow a social selling empire. It's time to hear from social selling legends, listen in on truthful conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks to reduce the marketing overwhelm so you can build the social selling business of your dreams. If you're ready to go all in, no holding back, and build the business you've always wanted, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, social selling guru, and fitness industry OG, Ashley Shaw. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw, and we are going to be talking about the seven rules of recruitment. What I learned from a $150 per hour branding coach and the things that ultimately shifted me from being an entrepreneur with an expensive hobby to actually making money for the first time in my business. So if you're looking for the secret sauce to attracting customers and coaches, and maybe this is you right now, you can't seem to attract new people, you need more customers or coaches to grow your business, or maybe you can't find ideal customers or coaches, and this is what you're desperately seeking, then this episode is definitely for you. There is a secret sauce that companies like Lululemon absolutely know. They have this cult-like following of people wanting to join them. And in this training today, I'm going to cover with you everything that they are doing that is making them have customers begging to buy from them. These are the seven rules that every branding coach will teach you. And it's exactly how Lululemon has created a Hollywood list of people wanting to be part of their brand and their experience. It's also what their scientifically backed formula is that they use to build trust and inspire action. And all of this is broken down into manageable steps so you can apply these principles and eliminate the social media overwhelm. If you want massive action in defining who you are, why you're different, and what your message is, then this training is definitely for you. So I hope you guys enjoy the training. I would love for you to leave your feedback below in the comments and let me know what your number one takeaway is. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to jump on to the call tonight. What I really want to get across is that um, this call is a little bit different than any other call I, I typically do. And the reason being is that this call really, really hinges on stuff that I use to get my business up and going. So I'm going to explain exactly what I mean by that. This call is all about the seven rules of recruitment and really how to use psychology to really attract your team and the things that the really big influencers and companies do to make sure they're constantly putting out there what they want their ideal customers to pick up about them and how they do that. My name is Ashley Shaw, for those of you guys that I haven't met before. So I, if I were to <laughs> tell you guys in three words what I do, I help eliminate the marketing overwhelm. That might have been four. But that's really what I am all about. I am a sucker for simplicity. I've always loved marketing, but I've been in the health and fitness industry for the past 16 years. 
I started part-time wiping down equipment and showing people how to use the machines. And over my uh, career, uh, my final job within the corporate world was as the president of a fitness company on Vancouver Island. So I just like started from the bottom and then I just worked really, really hard because I loved what I was doing. I loved helping people reach their fitness goals. And in my career, I was an educator as part of it, as well as in, I was a director of sales, like a regional manager and oversaw nine clubs, eight clubs at one point and a lot of women's only clubs. So I really have a really deep understanding of the that women's environment and exactly what we are putting out there. And so I've done about over 500 presentations now of online training sessions that I've created and delivered. I just love putting marketing into really easy, actionable items that you guys can just take away and implement right away. I've helped over 1 million students. And my first business was actually when I was 14 years old, I started a Hello Kitty business. So my parents allowed me to get a catalog of Hello Kitty stuff and that was when I first became an entrepreneur. So also, as Kristen said, so my first job in like real sales outside of selling Hello Kitty was I worked for, if you guys, has anyone heard of Cutco, the knife selling company? So that was my first like network marketing job. And there were so many things that I loved about it. So back then, let me just paint a picture for you guys. The, the um, Homemaker Plus 8 was like the most expensive set and it was $1,200. So you can imagine like as a um, you know, 17-year-old going into someone's house and saying, you know, these are my knives, let me cut a penny, let me cut some rope for you and show you how dull your scissors are, and then let's get to the price presentation and let me show you these knives. It taught me so many things of like what to do and what not to do, because sometimes you get those scripts and you're like, oh, I can't say that. Like that would make me feel slimy. And so I just learned so much from that experience. And so that's really where I got my start into sales. And I just absolutely love it. But I wasn't like, I still have the knives, actually. I can't say I wasn't passionate about the product, but health and fitness is something I can't imagine my life without. It's a bit of a different, you know, knives, health and fitness. I'm sure you guys like get the gist of it. It's just what captured my heart. And uh, my parents owned a Gold's Gym in the 80s. So I was, of course, raised in the industry. It's always been a part of who I am. So what I do now is I help eliminate the overwhelm in your marketing efforts so you can have the business of your dreams. I truly believe in strengths-based leadership. And what that really means is that push the stuff off to the side that you don't like doing. And if that is for you creating content, or if that is for you, let's say, I'm just going to throw some stuff out there, Facebook ads, or you know, engaging on Instagram, like whatever it is that you don't like doing, I am a true believer that that stuff should be outsourced because one, if you don't like doing it, you're probably not that great at it. That's what I was finding in my business is that the things that I didn't like doing, like I just was like not great at it. So I really believe if you can hone in on what you're really good at and do more of that, not only can you run a really fulfilling business, but that's where you start to get that mastermind level of like just honing in and doing what you're good at all the time. Not only does it feel great, but your business will drastically expand. And so why this is so important to my story is like, what I didn't tell you guys is that I went to school, uh, my university degree is in English literature and women's studies. When the heck am I ever going to use this? And I'm telling you, I use that stuff every day in all the writing that I do. It's a beautiful thing how all the dots connect for us with our stories and all the things that, you know, kind of pull together who we are. That's really what I am going to be talking about today and really be paying attention to those signs because 
they're there for all of us. We really have these things in our life that are these points that really illuminate what we're really good at and what we love to do. And it's really up to us to look for those things and make sure that we tell people about them. So the first thing is the objective of today's presentation. I want to talk about the greatest challenge that we face as coaches, specifically around social media. Then I'm going to get into the seven things a branding coach will tell you for $150 an hour. I'm going to tell you guys exactly what my branding coach taught me when I first hired her and I had no clients whatsoever. Then I'm going to take you on a journey to recruiting badassery and what that is really all about, a really like a live case study in action all about Lululemon. And then I'm going to give you guys some resources to make you recruitment ready so that all of this stuff, if you're like, okay, cool, I'm really glad I learned that. I just want someone else to do it for me. I'm going to tell you guys about all that stuff that I have to offer. So what is the biggest challenge in branding yourself in a sea of sameness? I don't know if you guys have ever felt like this before, but sometimes it can feel, especially like, think about it, your social media is probably filled with other coaches because like, we like to like follow each other see what each other's up to. It can feel sort of overwhelming feeling like, how am I different? I see the same people in the same line of work as me all the time. And maybe you think to yourself, there's this like mean girl voice sometimes that pipes up that's like, oh, you're not as fit as her. You don't eat as healthy as her. You don't look as... Like sometimes that can be overwhelming and it can feel like, oh, I just got to copy what she does. And then maybe I'll be successful. And all these different things can be coming at us at this rapid pace like never before. What's really important to understand here is that what used to work doesn't work anymore. And what I mean by that is that posting isn't enough, but it used to be. I was just at um, Super Sunday, actually, with a really great friend of mine that I work with quite a bit. Her name's Bria Evanson, and she's a four-time elite eight-star diamond coach. And she said during her uh, speech on Sunday, she was like, you know what? Like It used to be so easy. You could post three to five times and people would see it, and it was all great. And now, there's obviously some things going on with the algorithms and how much your stuff is being shown to people. So what used to be enough just isn't anymore. And so if you're feeling that way in your business, like maybe a little bit frustrated, I want you to like take a little bit of comfort in the fact that what maybe the old ways, it's not you. It is totally something else that we are going to talk about today and really put some solutions to. There's a ton of noise out there. There's lots of things happening and we only have people's attention for seven seconds. So if you aren't on point and speaking directly to them, then you're not going to get their attention. And so you may have noticed this when you first started your business, like it might've been a lot easier because people see something for the first time and then they're interested and then it got harder, right? So the real intention here is that we've got to be able to cut through this noise Because when people do see our stuff, if you're not boosting it, you know, with like Facebook ads or Instagram ads, then you've got to be, your message really, really, really has to be on point. So these are the things that when I hired this branding coach, this is, I'm just going to paint a scene for you guys here. I was working full time as the president of a fitness company. So I was putting in a lot of hours. I had what I would call an expensive hobby. (laughs) I like to blog online. I knew I wanted to help women, but I really had no idea how I was going to turn that into something that I could quit my job. And I had this big dream that I wanted to be able to move home. I was living a five-hour flight away from my husband. We had been together now for 14 years, but I had decided to go out west. That's where all the fitness uh, stuff happens in Canada. So I decided to take a job out there and we were just going to, my husband works 
shift work. So he was able to get off like 12 weeks a year. So it worked for us, but I knew that it was three years. Like I had to eventually get back. So this had to work. (laughs) I had to figure out what I was going to do in a short period of time to get my business up and going. So these are the things that when the branding coach really looked at my business, these are the, I would say like cracks in the foundation that she really saw. So the first one was that I hadn't really built authentic trust. What I mean by that is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to people they know, like, and trust all the time, every single time. That needs to be an intentional part of your strategy. How are you building trust? How are you sharing who you are? And how are people getting to know you? You should have a post in there every you know, seven to nine posts that's talking about your story and who you are and why they should trust you and like you. Because at the end of the day, your story, and when you talk about that, really tells that person, why should I trust you? Because what we do, guys, is a little bit of a crazy concept. Like if you would have told someone 20 years ago that you're going to give your credit card information to someone that you haven't met, like that would have been a concept that people would have just thought, well, that's just bananas. It's really important that this is a part of what you're doing consistently. Why should I trust you? Tell your story and why they should like you, trust you, and want to do business with you. Number two, so I really hadn't differentiated myself in a sea of sameness. You can't look at the competition and say, you're going to do it better. You have to look at your competition and say, you're going to do it differently. And that's by Steve Jobs. And one activity that I did that I just, I think this was actually a Marie Forleo technique. It was just, it blew my mind. So what you do is you take your top competition. So let's say there are five other competitors out there. You have a look at, okay, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What do they they do differently? And the one thing that she talked about, she was talking about actually Tony Robbins conferences because she would consider Tony Robbins as one of her big competitors and talking about how there was only like this limited time that you got to purchase while you were at a Tony Robbins convention. And so she talked about how, okay, well, that is a sticking point for him. I'm going to do things totally different and make my experience totally different. So when you're looking at your competition, you're not saying you're going to do it the same. You're actually looking at what they do and you're going to do something completely different. And that's really where you start to build that differentiation. So something, for example, that I do completely differently than any other of the social curators out there there's two main things. First is that I really integrate myself into a business. So when I decided to work with Beachbody, I fully integrated myself into the Beachbody world because I don't think you can write a social media post for someone if you want to be intentional and if you want to drive them to buy something. I would prefer not to spray and pray. I would prefer to really know the company I'm working for and really make sure that I understand their products so that I can help push that person along the sales cycle. So that's something totally different. A lot of social curators out there do like very generic posts and they they don't really work specifically one-on-one with companies. So it's stuff like that, right? That goes a long way that you can explain to people, this is why I'm really different. So this is what I would call your sweet spot. When you think about this question of differentiating yourself in a sea of sameness, what makes you stand out in that sea of sameness? What makes you different than any other coach out there? Now, maybe you are at the point in your business that you haven't defined what this is. That's totally okay. Just think about this question though. Like when I think back to 
some of the things I did, like, for example, like taking um, English literature in school, the writing part just felt really natural. That's another thing that I think differentiates me is that I have the, the mind of a creative, like I'm a writer by heart. I've been writing since I was in grade one. That's something that helps me stand out in that sea of sameness. So I think it's not about looking at someone else's rap sheet and saying, oh, they've been in this industry for this many years. It's more so saying, what's actually different in my background that makes me have a different perspective than anyone else? And that's what's going to help you stand out in that sea of sameness. Part number three here is I hadn't, for me, aligned my tribe. And so it's all about sticking with the people who pull out the magic out of you and not the madness. What this really is, is about your values. So values are like a magnet. So for me, I'm very simplistic. I like things that are simple versus very detail-oriented. If you want to work with me, it's all going to be step-by-step. It's not going to be a long, like, 18-point plan. Why that's so important is that if I attract people that are not aligned with that, if they're looking for, like, a 17-step plan, like, I am not their girl. I am not their done-for-you queen. And that's really important because if you're attracting people that aren't like you, it can feel like the madness is being pulled out. So I want you guys to think for a second. If you ever had one of those clients, and you can nod if this is the truth, you've ever had a client that you've worked with that you're like, oh, like they drove me crazy and I didn't know why. So here's the reason, is that you have values deep down that are really important to you. For me, I'm a sucker for simplicity. That's one of them. When you come into contact with someone that does not have the same values as you, you feel this dissonance and you might not be able to put your finger on it, but that's what it is. Your values aren't aligned. When you come into someone that you're in total harmony with, that's when you know your values are aligned. They're easy to work with and you could just have a thousand of those clients and everything would be easy. That's why it's so important to be aligned with who your tribe is. Like, who do you want to attract? Do you like people that love to check in every day? Or does that drive you like bonkers, right? Like that's an important fact. Do you like people that follow the plan and don't check in at all? Do you like people that need help um, and like the coaching? Or are you like, no, I just like people that can take it and do it. Like, so these are important questions to think about. It's important to be clear about what you stand for and you're vocal about it because it will attract the people that you want to work with. It's like the, if you guys have heard of the elevator principle by John Maxwell, He talks about that people will either bring you up or bring you down. So it's up to you to be intentional about who you want to work with. What I love about this is if you think about your values, this is like a beautiful post that you can put out there. Like if you're someone that, you know, and then you can put like a bulleted post, like it could be something like if you're someone that, you know, loves accountability and wants to be part of a group of, you know, like positive, um, you know, like fitness minded people. If you're, and then you, like you put your bulleted post of your values, that really helps call out the people that you're looking for. And the people that don't align with that won't respond. And that is a great, great thing. It saves time for you. Your values is really thinking about the question, who do you want to attract or retract? And like, I know sometimes coaches get a little bit like, uh, retract. Well, I don't want to really retract to anyone. But here's the thing. If you, this is the problem with social media is that if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. So it's much more important to be specific and actually like be able to picture that person across the table that, who you're talking to than it is to try to blanket, spray and pray and talk to everyone because you'll never stand out in social media if you try to talk to everyone. So it's really important to know who exactly you want to attract. 
Number four here is I hadn't defined my brand experience. So have you guys ever had that moment where you sort of like look at your Instagram or you look at your website or you look at your Facebook and you're like, oh, none of these fonts really like are what I was thinking, this color, these color schemes. I don't really have like an experience that uh, my customers are going through, my clients are going through. Your brand is a story unfolding across all customer touch points. So if you think about your brand experience, everyone has a, it's called a brand avatar. Everyone has a brand avatar and an experience that they're after. If you're not clear on your archetype, then what happens is it starts to look inconsistent and unintentional. And Disney is one of the best brands out there that really stands for this. So Disney would be called the hero. So there's all these different types. You can take a quiz. I can send you guys the quiz actually to take. And what Disney is so great at is that if if a kid drops an ice cream cone (laughs) at Disney, they sweep in and there's someone to get her an ice cream cone or him ice cream cone immediately. So there's this intentional brand experience there that everyone leaves happy. That is really, even though, you know, we're online entrepreneurs, there's a feeling someone gets when they see your, let's say, Facebook cover on your business page. There's a feeling they get when they hear about what you do and what you stand for. So it's really important to have an intentional brand unfolding as you are interacting with your potential coaches and uh, ideal customers. Your brand really stands for the idea of how do you want your customer or ideal coach to feel when they encounter you? So some of the other brand avatars are, um, we've got hero, we've got ruler, we've got creative, we've got girl next door. There's all these different ones. And what you do is you take this quiz and then it'll sort of tell you more what you are. And then you can start to cater a little bit more of your language towards that. It'll tell you what brand colors to use. It'll tell you what fonts to use and give you guys some examples as well. Okay, number five, I didn't know who I was talking to. This was a big one for me. This is all about your ideal uh, customer or coach. So get closer than ever to your customers. So close that you can tell them what they need well before they realize it themselves. Like that's how close you want to be to your ideal coaches to know what they need before they even know it themselves. So your ideal customer or ideal coach in this case, who is your ideal customer that can't get enough of you and you can't get enough of them? If you really think about this person, um, you want to be really detailed. So I'm going to explain if you haven't, maybe if you don't know the answer to this, who is your ideal customer or coach? If you have a team look at who is your best coach and what are the qualities that they have. Maybe they're a teacher, maybe they're a nurse. Like there's all these different things that you can pull from or, and it's the same with your ideal customer, right? Like looking at who are consistently my ideal customers, what do they all have in common? Because the more detailed you can get, the more that you can speak directly to that person that you are trying to call out on social media. And that is so very important. So you want to think about what's their name? How old are they? Where do they live? How many kids do they have? What are their limiting beliefs about success and how to get there? What does their husband do? What keeps them up at night? Um, they need to act as your muse when you're recruiting so that you can speak directly to them. So if you can picture that person across the table, you're going to write a, um, a post about recruiting a coach. What are the things that are running through their mind that you can speak to? And I always like to think about like, what are the things that they think about but they don't say? The, the guru of this, if you guys have ever 
followed any of Ashley Molstad's stuff. Like, that's why that girl is so successful. She says the things that women think but don't say. It's disruptive. Like, it stops your scroll. And that's why um, this method really, really works. So another way to do this is think about yourself, like two or three steps behind where you are now. Like, what held you back from becoming a coach? Maybe you thought like, well, I don't know if there's any money in this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never been a coach before. I've never run my own business. Like, get really intimate with those, that dialogue that you had with yourself. That is the type of uh, specificity I'm talking about here. Those are where like beautiful posts on social media and really getting in the, stopping the scroll, getting in the head of your ideal um, coach comes from. Okay, number six here. I don't know which 20 got me 80% of my results. So if you guys have ever heard of the Pareto principle, this is like, they say that this rule, the Pareto principle actually is like when you um, have someone that like does exceptionally well in marketing, the businesses that just make millions of dollars, they know exactly what this 80-20 rule is. And if you've never heard of this before, there was an Italian economist that discovered that in Italy, 80% of the wealth came from 20% of the population. And so it kind of got him thinking about, okay, where else is this rule coming into place? And it's like all throughout any different equation you can think about, this rule is at play. Another example would be, think about like, If we look at your customer list, for example, 20% of your customers are bringing in 80% of the revenue coming into your business. So it's really important to look at who those people are, because if you know who that 20% is, you can really, really pay attention to them. So this rule is about know your most valuable resource. Who is your 20% that you should be paying attention to and focus more on? Because just think about that for a second. If you really take care of that 20%, then the revenue and the like all that stuff is going to come so much more naturally than focusing on the 80% that's really not bringing in anything. The other thing is like when you look at coaches and if you have a team of coaches, again, it's 20% of your sales team that's really doing a lot of the work to bring in a lot of the new customers and clients. This rule plays out in everything that you can think of. It's just really important to be aware of because it can help you really, really expedite and exponentially grow your business. Okay, the last rule here is I didn't have a strategy on answering the deep-rooted challenges my ideal customers, or in your case, coaches, are, uh, were having. So if you guys have ever heard about having a content strategy, I'm sure you guys have heard that before. What a content strategy is, is really knowing what to talk about. It's as simple as that. Like, what questions are your ideal customers or coaches asking themselves? you need to be able to answer those. So knowing your customer is knowing what keeps them up at night. That is a really important aspect of really having an idea of what you should talk about. So an example of this could be, you know, for coaches out there, I think a lot of them are moms, right? And there's this period where you're home with your kids um, before you, like at least in Canada, I know it's different in the States, um, but I'm sure you guys have similar situations where you are thinking about having to go back to work and what you'd really like to do is stay home with your children. And there's this turning point of like, what could I do to make enough money so that I can stay home with my kids and I don't have to go back to work? That would be something that if you know that that's the case, that would be something you would want to generate content over and be able to talk about how I was, like if you had a similar story, how I was able to transition and stay home with my kids. 
that is perfect content for that ideal coach to want to read about. What does your ideal coach think about that she doesn't say? And what are those thoughts that are sort of running through her mind? That's how you really want to think about generating content if you're doing videos, if you're doing blog posts, anything like that. Hey coach, I finally have something that I've been dreaming of providing for you. I know that you definitely didn't start this business because you really felt like pestering your friends and family and getting ghosted by everyone. Chasing people down or having to follow up with them is definitely hard work and it can feel so awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved. But your upline probably told you that this is what successful people do and they didn't mention to you that unless you're this superstar salesperson right off the bat, you're gonna struggle forever if you keep doing it that old school way. 99% of coaches quit because they suddenly declare themselves this expert online and then go back and ask everyone who knew them to just start buying from them when they just started working out last week. And this problem applies to all network marketers, not just coaches. But the 1% that actually succeed have made it because they've caught on to a different system that's been proven to work. And it's just something that nobody really talks about. It's all about taking some simple steps to position yourself as an influencer first. So soon, instead of asking people to talk to you, you'll attract ideal customers who are already excited to learn from you and buy from you. They'll know exactly what you're about and how you can help them. Go to ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline to learn more and see exactly what I'm talking about. You don't have to hunt people down and make them talk to you in order to get your bills paid for the rest of your life. Check out my short book called F what your upline said and get an entirely different approach that will feel much more organic and authentic. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline. I'm so excited for you to start implementing these four simple changes in your business and see how it absolutely transforms how you feel about your business and the results that you're able to get. So guys, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to actually apply this. So all these things are like good in theory, but sometimes it's really great to actually see them in action. And so I'm going to talk about one of the most successful brands of all time. And the reason I chose Lululemon is because if you've ever looked at their recruiting efforts, they have applications for people to work for them for minimal pay. And they just have this crazy list of people wanting to be a part of that journey. So I think that there's a lot that we can learn from them in how they really present themselves online. So the first thing here is around their story. They talk about this. This is right from their website. The first store opened in Vancouver in 1998. And I'm sure like no introduction is needed for Lululemon but they are a yoga-inspired technical athletic apparel company for men and women. It started as a design studio by day and a yoga studio by night just to pay the rent. And then it became a standalone store in November 2000. So it was a wild success story. It was really brought to life by a man named Chip. And he was his background was in uh, snowboard apparel, actually. So this is posted on their website. And it was basically just a yoga studio at night. They really tell their story and they really make sure that they talk about the fact they're very Canadian proud. They talk about starting in Vancouver. And they also talk about that Chip Wilson, the creator of Lululemon, he originally was, uh, he's an adrenaline junkie. So he's like super into snowboarding and stuff. And then he also had this like technical apparel background. And then when he, he tried yoga and meditation, 
he actually felt he got the same adrenaline rush. And that's really where he started getting more into yoga and that being the core of everything that we do. So if you want to check out like how Lululemon really pulls together and tells their story, it's right on their website. They do a beautiful job of telling people why they should trust them. And there's more here right on their history. We were born from a love of daily sweat, the desire to innovate technical athletic gear and the appetite to build a community where we can live our best, get the lowdown on our ever evolving journey. So yeah, it's all there and a just a super, I think, authentic and genuine way to pull their story together and it to really be on the forefront. Next year, I'm going to talk about their sweet spot. As I mentioned, they ha- it was a yoga studio by day. And so that's where like yoga came into play because of that story I told you guys about Chip experiencing the benefits of yoga and meditation. And then he was also a technical fiber guru. He owned West Beach before this. And surfing and snowboarding and euphoric feelings is what really he was all about. So his vision was to create more than a place where people could get gear to sweat in. He wanted to create a community hub where people could actually learn and discuss the physical aspects of healthy living, mindfulness and living a life of possibility. So you guys have probably been, I'm assuming everyone here has been to a Lululemon. You guys notice when you go in and talk to them, they like get super deep into the like athletic fabrics. They ask you, what, what are you going to be using this for? They ask you your name. You can see their goals posted up everywhere. It's like the first thing of its kind, right? Like they really took what was out there around athletic gear and they blew it out of the water and did everything different. So that's really about what I think defining your sweet spot is. Next is their value. So if you look at their bags, their gift certificates, the quotes on the wall, it's obvious what they believe and you can't help but be inspired and feel like you're part of something bigger than themselves. So this is what like putting your values out there really does like all of a sudden you read this and you feel more aligned with that brand or with that person right so if you're trying to recruit coaches this is really important that you're able to put out there like i'm thinking about these ideas that these people that are working or don't have like necessarily a side business or freedom are really thinking about they're probably you know if you were to put something out there like freedom is something that you know money doesn't buy like stuff like that right where you're really putting your values out there for them to decide, oh, I agree with this person. That's something I believe too. These are just some ideas of how they put their values out there. Sweat once a day to regenerate your skin. Breathe deeply. Like if you don't believe these things, you're probably not going to purchase from Lululemon and vice versa. If you look at this and you're like, oh, I believe all of those things, you just love Lululemon even more for putting it out there. So next is their brand. So they are what's called the magician. This is about being an inventor, being transformative and being a visionary. This is what Lululemon is as a brand. And even their emotional language they use is every avatar has emotional language. So with a magician, you're a transformer, you're a visionary. And this is what their brand archetype actually is about. The goal is to make dreams come true, understand the laws of the universe. The strategy is to develop a vision and live by it, help other people transform their lives using new methods, invent new methods and processes. And the fear is unintended negative consequences that their inventions or methodologies won't work like plan. It's interesting, right? Because you talk about goals, like you go into a Lululemon, that's what they do with their employees all the time, right? They're really all about goal setting. And you can see that when you walk into one of their stores, they're developing a vision, helping other people transform their lives. Like that's just obvious in any encounter if you've been into a a Lululemon. And what I found interesting about this last one, unintended negative consequences, when I lived in Vancouver, they had uh, what was called the Lulu Lab. So they had this whole store dedicated to like 
almost more like runway fashion stuff. And you could basically try out stuff and they would see if it would sell first before they decided like, yeah, everyone's going to love this and before they put it into stores. This is another quote that stood out to me about them that I just thought really spoke to the magician. We know that yoga rejuvenates our bodies and calms our minds. And one of the ways we practice giving without expectation is by sharing our love for yoga. So really talking about how yoga is this like transformative experience that all of their language really speaks to that magician. So that's the really cool part. I found when I discovered my avatar, which is a combination of ruler and creator, it was like all of a sudden when I was doing any writing, I didn't have to think too deeply about the language. Like a ruler is going to use words like powerful, purpose, um, profit, passion, like a lot of those like strong sounding words. So your writing becomes much easier when you know sort of the types of words that your avatar would typically use. Um, So Lululemon has done a really great job of defining their brand experience. Okay, so next one here is um, their ideal customer, Ocean. So Ocean, um, you'll find if you search anything on Lululemon, when they talk about their muse, this is who it is. She's a 32-year-old. She makes 100 grand a year. She works out every day. And she is engaged to be married. She uh, lives downtown. And this is someone that the reason they've chosen this person as their muse is that people want to be her. If you're someone in your 40s, you aspire to get back to that time in your life where you like you were really fit. You're really living that like life of like all the good things, right? Like living downtown, like doing all those things. And if you're younger than that, like you're aspiring to get there. And if you're anywhere near in the middle there, that's what you really want, right? Like you want to feel really good, be successful, have that disposable income. So that's why they've chosen this ideal customer and they like have a name for her. They know her age. They know that, you know, on the weekends, she is searching for brunch spots. She's looking for places to go in Vancouver, hikes to do. Like they have gotten into her mind and that is like such a beautiful, beautiful thing when you really understand your ideal coach and all those things that they're thinking about. What do I make my kids for dinner? What's going to be quick and easy? I only have 20 minutes to work out. What are the best best exercises to do? All those sort of questions you really want to nail. So Lou Lemon knows exactly who they're talking to. And that is really, really clear in their ideal customer and how they talk about her. Their most valuable resource. So Lululemon knows, this is where I get into like the 80-20 rule. They know which 20% gets them 80% of their results. If you think about it, the people that can afford, you know, $120 yoga pants and the ones that are willing to, there's a certain age bracket in which you're going to be willing to spend that sort of money. So rather than focusing on everyone, they're going to focus instead on the age range from, it's usually about 28 to about 43 years old, somewhere in that range. And those are their ideal targets that they really focus in on because they know of those people, those are the 20% that buy the most of their products. So they don't really focus outside of that. It's really about honing in on who that market is and knowing that there's this overlap of people that also aspire to be like that, that group, but they know exactly who are the people that are purchasing their products and who is going to spend the most money. So that is where their marketing is really, really focused. And lastly here, this is their content generator. Oh man, I love Pinterest. This just like gives you all the answers. So when we talk about the things like, what are the things that your ideal customer or coach like thinks about? Lululemon does such a great job of curating this content to really showcase like they know their ideal customer so super well. 
So if we look at this here, Local Guide Vancouver, they know that Ocean lives downtown. She's always looking for things to do in the city. Uh, Vancouver date night. So again, like she has date nights with her fiance, always looking for things to do around the city and, and, and for a date night. Another local city guide, local city guide, where to hike in West Van, where to eat and drink. There's a, a TRX, like which exercises to do. So you can start to see how like you're someone that has a Pinterest page or you're putting out content. This is a perfect, and I love how they describe it, a local city guide handpicked by our local team, our favorite place to sweat, eat, drink, and spend our days. Like they have nailed what Ocean thinks about all the time. Where do I work out? What do I eat? Where do we go to drink? How should I spend the weekend? You can start to see like they're really getting clear on who this person is and how they need to talk to her and what sort of content she is actually going to engage with. So they can answer the questions that run through their ideal customer's mind all day. And that's the sort of clarity we want to get with our ideal coach. So I want you guys to think about for a second, after hearing these seven rules, these seven uh, things that we've talked about, just how much different your life would be in getting really clear on why you do what you do, why you're different than any other coach out there, what your message is, and why your ideal coach should work with you above anyone else. And I want to tell you guys that I was in this exact same situation as you guys were. If you're thinking about all these questions and really thinking like, okay, like if I'm going to go all in, this is what I've heard the most so far. People telling me like, I either need to just like earmuff it because there might be little ones around. Like I'm either, I either need to sh or get off the pot. I've heard that so many times this year from coaches. And I think the real difference to me is that what you go from a part-time coach to like dabbling to you become uh, like, this is my career and I'm going to nail it when you nail these seven things. Like it is the difference between amateur and pro. And that's what I really saw. And I wouldn't tell you guys that unless I lived it, breathed it, worked through it. But it took me seven months to get my business to being able to do it full time and be able to replace my income. So I hope you guys love that episode as much as I love not only learning those things, because I don't know, there's something about learning for me that I just feel so in flow when I finally understand how something works. But also, I really hope that it puts into perspective the things that you need to do to actually recruit people and get people to start coming to you. It's not a matter of just posting and hoping that, you know, people are just going to flock to you, right? There's actually things that need to be in place for you to be successful at this. And after I had discovered these seven things, it's actually what caused me to create the Social Selling Secrets course that I now provide because it was literally, as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of this episode, it was the difference between hacking at this online thing and thinking like, how are these, how is anybody making money at this? Like, I just do not understand. And once I invested in these principles and really started to learn what it takes to stand out and I was able to see it through different companies that were showing like, this is what you need to do. It just became so obvious. So if this is something that you have been missing, you definitely should check out Social Selling Secrets because it will lay all of these things out for you. There's worksheets that go along with it to guide you through and it will just solve that headache of how do I actually get people to come to me and want to work with me and develop a cult-like following. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Social Selling Simplified and we'll see you next time. Thanks for taking the time to level up today. 
If you're ready to commit to personal and professional growth, move forward, make money and grow your health and fitness business, head to my free community on Facebook, Business Bootcamp for Fitness Coaches, so I can support you every step along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you right back here next week on Social Selling Simplified.